Marketplace is produced in association with the University of Southern California. Remember European banks and the debt crisis and all of that jazz? Well, I am sorry to have to tell you, it seems like it is back. From American Public Media, this is Marketplace. In Los Angeles, I'm Kai Rizdal. Thursday, July the 10th. Good as always to have you with us, everybody. You will be forgiven if, after you hear what I'm about to tell you, you stop what you're doing, you look at your radio or your device of choice, and you say, wait, Portugal? Sadly, yes, Portugal. You remember the European debt crisis, right? Not dead yet, it seems. Worries over one Portuguese bank today very quickly became worries over Europe's broader financial health. Trading was suspended in one of Portugal's biggest banks, Banco Espirito Santo, after debt payments were missed, and we learned of some pre-existing concerns about its parent company. Marketplace's Tracy Samuelson gets us going. All it takes is one bank teetering to remind investors that Europe's troubled past is still very much a part of its present. Ken Hughes is with the Woodrow Wilson International Center for Scholars. Certainly, memories are still fresh about a very difficult situation in Europe. And all you have to do is get a couple people start to move and you want to, don't want to be left behind. The European Central Bank is currently looking into the assets of its major financial institutions, like the stress tests we do here. So this triggered some worry about the results of those tests and whether the ECB would act if there were more problems like Banco Espirito Sancto, says Robert Kahn with the Council on Foreign Relations. It's a wake-up call. But it does remind us that European growth remains too slow. Uh, their process of cleaning up their banks uh, has you know, a long way to go. And the policies the Europeans are doing are far from ideal from the U.S. perspective. Because Europe is America's largest trading partner. Clay Lowry with Rock Creek Global Advisors says it's unlikely that today's scare will translate into tangible impacts in the U.S. But... If the European economy is not growing as well as you know one would hope, then that could harm the exports because people don't have as much money to buy things, companies don't have as much money to buy things, etc. For the most part, the interdependency of American and European economies is a good thing, says Lowry. But in times of uncertainty, it can also make investors jumpy. I'm Tracy Samuelson for Marketplace. Another day, another data breach. Not so much consumers directly this time as the government of the United States. We learned today that back in March, let me say that again. We learned today that back in March, Chinese hackers broke into the network that stores information about federal employees looking apparently for people who applied for top secret security clearances. It's as yet unclear how much data they got. But if the government and big companies like, oh, I don't know, Target can't protect the data that they have on us, who can? Marketplace's Stacey Vanek-Smith has that story. Hackers mostly used to be bored teenagers or shut-in conspiracy theorist types. That's not the case anymore, says Larry Poneman, a data security specialist. These are people that have two PhDs, quantum mechanics and physics, and they can pretty much get anywhere they want to if they put their minds to it. Poneman says cyber criminals might be bankrolled by companies, drug cartels, or even governments. And they often work in teams. This is the vault of the Bellagio. That's from Ocean's Eleven, the movie where a team of criminals bands together to rob three casinos, which have state-of-the-art security. I like that analogy. Ted Julian is with CO3 Systems, which helps companies respond to data breaches. The bad guys certainly think that way. 
and they will find talent. There's an underground market for it that's global. Um, But I think there's an opportunity for the good guys to do that, too. Julian says companies and government organizations need to assemble teams of their own to secure everything from financial transactions to email to mobile apps. And they'll have to keep investing, says Larry Poneman. The problem is whatever solutions we create today, within a matter of months, they figure and then run around that technology. In spite of organizations spending around $44 billion a year on cybersecurity, cybercrime costs consumers an estimated $110 billion a year. In New York, I'm Stacey Vanek-Smith for Marketplace. On Wall Street today, much wailing and gnashing of teeth early on about Portugal and Europe. Traders did manage to fight most of the way back, though. We'll have the details when we do the numbers.